Hello, and welcome to episode 227 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Jonathan Thompson, writer of Tales of the Dead Astronaut, coming soon from SourcePoint Press, Burn Residue, a game of doubles, both successfully kickstarted in the upcoming The Killer, launching soon on Kickstarter. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. And Jonathan, you know, you are no uh, stranger to this. You, you know how you have to start us off here. We, uh, we need a quick uh, bio about you, and then let's do the elevator pitch for The Killer, even though that's going to be the last thing we talk about. Yeah, so I'm Jonathan Thompson. I am, at this point an aggressive comic book creator in the independent scene. I uh, kicked off when the height of this pandemic was going on. I started making short stories with an artist, George Luis Gabato, and we put together Tales from the Dead Astronaut. And it was like a fun little sci-fi anthology book. And then uh, it's been quite the wild ride since then. Yeah, um, we were saying pre-show that it's been about uh, almost a year from Tales yeah. of the Dead Astronaut. And, uh, you know, thinking a year forward, we're, we're looking at the, uh, I guess, the fourth big project from you, the, the Killer. Can you tell us a little bit about The Killer? Yeah, The Killer is a 60-page uh, European-style hardcore gra- hardcover graphic novel. It is about a serial killer who works for the yakuza to kind of get his kicks off and he comes into contact with a older man who's the head of a security firm who is mourning the loss of his wife and how those things kind of collide in these brutal 60 pages the artist is a italian artist attila schwanz and he's a he's much more of a painter multimedia style artist kind of like what you see with martin simmons doing on uh, Department of Truth or something like with uh, Rombi's Blue and Green. It's that kind of more aggressive style and not the traditional comic style. Interesting. And I know that the, the artist on Burn Residue was an Italian artist. Is there any connection between the two guys there? Yes, yes. Um, Rosano Piccioni, who is the artist of Burn Residue, he runs a publishing house out of Italy and Attila was one of the artists who just did a book for him, Symposium Club. And I had been seeing some of Symposium Club as I had been working with Rosano and I was just like immediately drawn to Attila's work. So after everything kind of wrapped up with Game of Doubles, I reached out to him. I kind of felt him out, see where he was at schedule wise and his interest. And we just like connected really quickly and we've been off to the races. Nice. And so you had seen his art was the killer something that was a uh, idea in your head or was it something that you you made to sort of formulate his sort of chaotic sort of sketchy you know it doesn't seem to be a lot of panels it seems to be like free-flowing like did you meld that with him or was the killer something that you had been thinking about for a while uh, the Killer was kind of something I had been thinking about for a while, but not in this way. I'm a big fan of Yakuza films, especially by um, Senjin Suzuki. So very mm-hmm. wild, surrealist Japanese gangster films from the 60s. So I was always like attracted to that kind of material. And I knew I wanted to do something with it. 
but I didn't want to just do something traditional. So it just kind of sat there in the back of my mind. And then when I started looking at Attila's work, I was like, you know, this is a guy that would be perfect for something like this. And then we just kind of, like I said, you know, I, I gave him the character pitch. I showed him some stuff from, you know, movies like Branded to Kill and Tokyo Drifter. And he gave me something back. And that's usually how these things start for me. You know, I have kind of like two forms. I have the, the projects that I know I want to do, but need to find the right artist for. And then there are the projects where I see an artist and that artist kind of inspires me to take things in a different direction. You know, it's funny, it's the Italian artists that do that because that's what happened with Rosano and Burn Residue and it's happening here with The Killer as well. That's awesome. And for it being hardcover, was that just based on your experience with getting Burn Residue in, in a hardcover? Um, just sort of skipping to that, you know, that, 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 that printing level? Yeah, you know, I'm, the Burn Residue hardcover has been a challenge because it's been a challenge to find the right printer and the right person that's going to handle it properly. Because it's not as simple as just, you know, a, a lot of comic book printers, like the one I typically use, they, they don't have that kind of capacity. But then I hooked up with the, with Comic Printing UK and figured a kind of way to get the books here. And their work is so phenomenal. And I just knew we're going all the way. I don't want to do something like a floppy. I want to put it all together in a really beautiful way i've kind of been focusing on after after burn residue was done kind of focusing ideas that are more you know more album-like in a way mm. and kind of what brubaker and phillips are doing kind of what matt fraction has started to do you know there's a there's something more freeing instead of trying to be like all right now i'm going to figure out a three pay a three issue arc for this story right. and you know especially with kickstarter I found Burn Residue a little tough to do that way. You know, it was an interesting experiment to try and do a monthly kind of style Kickstarter, but I was also, you know, at the mercy of Rosano putting the work together and then at the mercy of the printer and getting everything out there. And it kind of was delayed in a way that I wasn't comfortable with. So I knew if I shrunk it down a little bit and focused on kind of making it a special unit like a novella that would be more interesting for me as a creator that's awesome and um with rosano's um publisher and this artist being together will this be another one where you'll get it printed in italy as well through their company we hope so we hope so we haven't we've talked with rosano a little bit but obviously we've been still putting it together um they're they like to lean more it's so interesting they like to lean more to like a 48 page hardcover Oh. that's that's more traditional for them but i wanted to a give attila space because after the art started coming in i was like you know what i want him to be able to really breathe on the page and not be too restricted so that's why i bumped it up to the 60 pages as opposed to 48 and right. you know there's there's a market there for publishers here in the u.s that we can take it to afterwards so i felt like uh, that it kind of fit the right middle ground that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, I mean, a 60 page out there, it's a little less than what, um, you know, something like pulp is, but you know, it's that same kind of feel. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and I love, I, I love what Brubaker and Phillips are doing now, just sort of putting out that nice sort of like, it almost feels like a, a premium format 
yeah. graphic novel, it's, you know? It's, it seems so much smarter too. Yeah. You know, I do think that there's stories that should be monthly, but there are also stories that should just be these little graphic novels, like in yeah. that literal sense, not in that, you know, kind of like, um, like, uh, you know, hot word that gets tossed around graphic novel way. Right, exactly. Yeah, and another interesting thing about the the Brubaker and Phillips, uh, you know, move to these, you know, these hardcover novels, they're coming out almost like, like clockwork, like, you know, I think of a lot of my favorite, like, prose artists, or prose writers, like, uh, like a Lee Childs, or like a, like a Michael Conley, it was almost like, I was almost conditioned for every like six to eight months to sort of go online to see, hey, is there a new Lee Childs book? Or is there a new Michael Conley book coming out? And you kind of feel that way with like Brewbreaker and Phillips. You're like, give them about six to eight months and there's going to be another another book for you to to, to get. So like, it's, it's a really interesting model. It is interesting because I just saw that they just wrapped book three and uh, Sean Phillips there was already posting his sketchbook for book four you know mm-hmm. that's like a great kind of I mean they got it tight perfectly and you know it's just such an interesting way to do things I mean for me you know it, it's kind of been an interesting journey in the sense for me when I did the burn residue kickstarter I did it really like last minute I kind of I had issue one done I didn't know what I was going to try and do with it. And I really didn't want to sit there and wait to be rejected by a publisher. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of like launched a Kickstarter cold. I set like, I set a goal that was nowhere near going to cover my costs, but it was something that at least I would be able to, you know, pay for the art for two and three and figure out the rest later. Mm-hmm. And once I did that, I really, it opened a lot up to me. And then when I did, you know, I just recently wrapped Game of Doubles and, you know, just moving at that pace, you know, because I'm working with all these different artists, I feel like there's an, there's almost a direct market feel that you can achieve with a Kickstarter, that you're building an audience and you're creating work for an audience, but you're also able to do what you want to do. You know, your free, your, your only budget is how much it costs to get the artist paid, get the books printed and get the books shipped. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. And I was kind of, as you were, you know, going through that answer, I was thinking sort of about your, your evolution. You know, when we first interviewed you, it was uh, for Tales of the, uh, the Dead Astronaut. And that was a non-Kickstarter book. Yeah. And I sort of got the impression from you through that, that you were, you felt like it was you were going to do this DIY movement where it was going to be like I'm going to make these books, I'm going to sell them through my website, and you know you were doing that and you were successful. But then sort of your evolution was you know it was a uh, all right I'm going to take burn residue to Kickstarter, you know I don't have everything figured out here, but I have enough to to get it done. And then you have a game of doubles and now the killer that's coming up. So since then there's been a bit of a um an evolution for you there as far as like as i said earlier it was like the do-it-yourself self-publishing 
selling these things through word of mouth, you know, hitting the virtual pavement and my website and you've gone to Kickstarter. And I think, you know, I saw you had an interesting interaction with uh, the guy who does the Mad Cave book. And he was saying about like, you know, I have all of these pitches and I can send them to a publisher. And, you know, it's sort of like, now I'm playing the virtual waiting game of, are they gonna like it? Are they gonna get back to me? Or I could be proactive and I can do these things myself. And um, it seems like that's where you're leaning, but you've actually, of late had a little bit of success with taking these things to public, you know, taking some of your older projects to publishers as well. Yeah. Well, I can hit on a couple of things. Uh, first, like selling it, uh, selling tales from the dead astronaut straight from my website, I found challenging in a very interesting way because my philosophy has always been you create the work and then you try to sell it. Mm-hmm. And there's just something about getting someone to commit to clicking to that many buttons on a website that just started to be an impediment. You know, we sold a nice handful, but I ended up selling more copies of Tales from the Dead Astronaut as a, a backer add-on in burn, with Burn Residue and Game of Doubles because there's just something about that Kickstarter kind of brand that brings people in in a much different way uh, so it, you know, that that's one piece of advice that I probably would give people if they're trying to create their own stuff, just, you know, if you're an artist and a writer, you have it the best because you can set a small goal and crush that goal. But it's, it, it seems to be the best way to kind of build that excitement, especially because everybody kind of gets the books around the same time, as mm-hmm. opposed to just like slowly getting them out there. Um, so that was interesting. But it was funny because when we did Tales from the Dead Astronaut, I just sent it out to a bunch of publishers and forgot all about it. And around the time that I launched Burn Residue, we got an offer from SourcePoint Press to bring it to a three issue miniseries. And then I was, you know, like thrown off because I couldn't believe it too, because it was the first book I put together. And then I kind of like had to build a plan for three issues and kind of find that whole way. And now it's a year later. We're going to be out in November, I believe. I believe we're going to be in the September previews. Well, I know we're going to be in the September previews. I just don't know when that hits. Um, So that's been like a whole nother side that I'm not prepared for, but prepared for and excited to see what that opens up. So... So, you know, I think what's interesting there is, is I feel like you're going to have to reinvent sort of the, the word of mouth of Kickstarter with being in previews and being in a, yeah with a, you know, a smaller publisher, because you're still going to be battling that I need to have eyes and ears on this project. So, you know, much like you're doing here, you're going to have to hit the, the podcasting circuit. You're going to have to, you know, go out on social media and and make a push push for it because you know you know being in previews is one thing but being in the back half of previews and source point is a is an amazing publisher but you still have to get shops to order it and you have to get word of mouth uh for it so it's it's still sort of like the same beast there it's kind of been like the perfect preparation over the past year because i know kind of the 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 way to hustle through things 
And I, I do think that like by doing all these Kickstarters have helped establish a bit of an audience. I do see a lot of, you know, conversion from one campaign to the next, which is really awesome. You know, it's really awesome sending stuff to people that you've already sent to and knowing that things are clicking. So I'm just really excited to be able to reach out to comic book stores, pitch myself that way and kind of like get our weird little book out there even more. Get yourself and, a signing at Third Eye Comics in Annapolis. That would be awesome. And then yeah. we can come on down and we, we can should. see you. Yeah, we should. That's not yeah. even far of a drive. No, yeah. Yeah. No, that that's that's awesome. And um I I wonder what the dynamic is like now between you and your artist on on um Tales from the Dead Astronaut now that you guys are with the publisher. Has the work dynamic changed at all having someone I mean, I guess you you kind of have an editor now and and, and no. you know they, how does has it changed at all? Not at all. They let us do what we like. They don't ask for anything ahead of time. You know, they, they've been really great to us. Um, they really believe in our crazy little book. Um, so we're just still doing things the same way we did them. That's awesome. That's yeah, really it, great. It is. It is awesome. It's freeing because now I just feel like we have kind of like a, like a benefactor to, yeah. to get out the, get the books out even more. Yeah. You got patrons now. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's great. That's really awesome. And, and with, with Tales from the Dead Astronaut, we may have talked about this in other interviews, but that's like an anthology series and it's going to remain an anthology series. But are you going to weave like a ongoing narrative in those four issues, do you actually, think? Well, it's, it's three issues altogether. And actually what I did was, you know, that was the first thing I had to figure out was do I make all different stories and just keep the main framework intact or do I explore all these stories deeper so that's what we did we just it's an anthology in the sense that there's a bunch of different stories in each issue but all the stories are you know it's a part one a part two and a part three and they all come to like a beautiful conclusion that's nice so that's great so we'll see we'll see more of the shape-shifting yeah you'll see more of the star um more of the space monks from another world and more of the prince of steel Awesome. It's it's really and more of the dead astronaut and it's it's fun. It allowed me to be kind of more loose and wacky and try different things out. Um, I would say of all issue three is my absolute favorite of everything. Everything just comes together so perfectly. And a lot of things that we experimented with, I really think work out well. Uh, So I'm super excited. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, I was going to ask about the dead astronaut. Are you going to go into sort of the, who the dead astronaut was? Is, is that going to be answered in this series or is it just sort of no, more, a little more abstract? No, you'll, uh, spoilers, at the end of issue one, he gets picked up by a UFO. So we get to see oh, what okay. happens to him in that UFO and then post. Okay. Um, it's, it, it's fun because... You know, with Burn Residue, I spent a lot of time in, like, the darkness. Hmm. And it was fun to be, like, writing Tales from the Dead Astronaut at the same time and kind of, like, going with the more, like, wild, zany side of things. Yeah. So it it was so fun to be able to just kind of move back and forth. That has to be nice. And then um, I guess I'm interested about the timeline there That now that you brought that up. So, you know, you were writing 
Burn Residue and Tales from the Dead Astronaut at the same time. Yeah. And Game of Doubles was already written then by the time you were working it with um, with the artist whose name I, I can't believe I forgot. Ryan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of the funny thing is the first, the first book that I'm going to have released out into the wild of stores is, you know, really the first thing I wrote. Right. And I've evolved in different interesting ways since then and more experimental ways, which is fun. But it was, you know, uh, those I was kind of working on simultaneously, Burn Residue and Tales from the Dead Astronaut. And then Game of Doubles, I just sat down and wrote it as Ryan was coming up with like character designs and kind of, it's always where I start is I have my concept. I know where I want to go. And then I want to see what the artist brings to it because now I can see what my actor looks like. Right. Kind of, it, it influences the story there. So he got that full on and he cranked that baby out in such a beautiful way. I'm so proud of that one. I can't wait to see it printed out. And, you know, it was an interesting way to work. But then on the other hand, with what I'm doing with Attila, I kind of put the first couple pages together first. And I kind of needed to see how not just the character designs would be, but how he was going to interpret my scripts. Right. To see if I needed to change things at all. And the funny part is I haven't changed any part of my script writing process. All my scripts look exactly the same. And it's just a greater thing to say how great these artists are that they can just take it and make it their own too. But um, that I had a, I had a direction I was going to go in with the story. And then like things happen in my personal life that made me look at the story in a different way and so much for the better. So while it started, while the killer in my eyes started off as like kind of like a a dark haunted house movie, it's become so much more poetic in a lot of ways that I'm really, really super proud of. That's great. And so, yeah, I'm interested um, about more about the killer and sort of how it evolved. Um, So was it was it a it sort of changed once you saw his sensibilities or was it something that like no it, it, was, sort of, that, it yeah. was that haunted house story it's still a haunted house story okay. but it kind of there were ideas it, kind of the killer was the main character and then it kind of shifted to the target the okay. target is more of the main character now and that's even more interesting to me because i kind of you know with burn residue i really set up a world of bad people and bad people that continue to do bad things to each other and just escalated that kind of darkness. And that's kind of the direction I was going to go in at first. And then taking, you know, just everything that happened just shifted me in a different way and maybe wanted to create something even more beautiful. And Attila is a kind of artist that is, you know, like I said, he's a painter and a multimedia artist. You know, he's not just pencil and ink, you know, it's, pencil, ink, paint, anything he can, you know, come up with to kind of create what texture of the page is. And it's more of an artboard than a page. So we've had some really cool discussions about kind of different sequences that are going to happen in the book and different art styles he's going to bring to it. 
So it's, it's going to be one of those things that I just know is just perfectly, horrifically beautiful. Okay. I have one more question about that, about yeah. his process. So it, it just seems like from what you've posted and what I've seen, I think, I, I think Attila has a social media cause I remember seeing some process shots. Yeah, you, can, you can kind of, um, I, if you follow me on Instagram, that's the best place to find a lot of, you know, kind of the, the process stuff, you know, stuff gets lost on Twitter, but uh, I'm on Instagram at space station Z Z E D. That's the best place to find it because uh, you know, I told him, I was like, film you doing your work. Yeah. And you know, it, it's perfect for people to see what really is happening and just the kind of creative process going on, because I think that's something that we don't always get to see, especially with artists like this, you just see that finished product and you're just amazed by it and not, it's just so cool to see. Yeah, it is. And I, I was loving to see like his, like, he mixes like charcoal and ballpoint pen and yeah, it's, it's nuts. Crazy. It's, crazy. Yeah. it's, you know, it's, that's why I knew I needed to make it more than 48 pages. Yeah. Because it could have fit the story in 48 pages, but I love being able to just like make a page a splash page, but not in a, not in a lazy way, but in a way that's just like, oh, I know he's going to create something insane here. Right, exactly. And, and I'm wondering, I'm, I'm just guessing he doesn't do thumbnails then I'm guessing, right? Or, or does he, does he just he does, throw it out on the page? No, he does do thumbnails, but okay. in a much more like sketched out way. You know, okay. it is that kind of process of like approving thumbnails, which is always funny to me because it's, you know, me telling an artist how to do his thing, but it's always more for clarity than anything. You know, just to right. make sure that things are going, you know, that things are translating properly. So if I have to like say, uh, you know, our page four was going to be one thing and it doesn't fit with our story. So we're kind of repurposing that page four and going in a different direction. But it's the things okay. you learn kind of going step by step. You know, actually, I'll, I'll reference that is I'll, I'll probably post it. It'll probably be posted by now. But for, we wanted to do these kind of journal entries when it was more from the point of view of the killer. And obviously because the story changed, it doesn't fit anymore. And he did it on a notepad, like a regular, you know, composition notebook and sketched these mad drawings and then scanned them and did more work in Photoshop and created this really cool kind of haunting way of reading a notebook. So one of the add-ons we're going to have on the campaign is a, it's a $5 add-on and it's going to be a, a 12 page digital diary of a madman. So it's just awesome. fun to create these, you know, every time I work with an artist, I find myself adapting to their style, which you need to, but also in a way that always makes the story so much better. You know, like when I when I reached out to Ryan Tavares for Game of Doubles, I found him because he was doing like a kind of like a Conan the Barbarian style action comic called Nomads. And it seemed like such an odd choice to ask him to do a tennis comic. But then when you see the energy that he brings to the tennis scenes, it's just a no brainer. Right. Yeah. And. And there's so much energy in this book. I would say your books are often very full of energy. Like you don't have a one type of artist that you have on your books, but you definitely have 
like your books are always full of that like uh like a full of energy like there's not much static things like there's always this like textured so not sketchy but like you know how it is like it's a more textured feel to your books like tales from the dead astronaut has a very like tangible feel to the artwork as does burn residue and and game of doubles and and most definitely the killer all feel very tangible yeah yeah on the page and that's so important to me when i when i look to collaborate with people you know i see a lot of books out there that are very you know they're conventional they're conventional artists that are doing the marvel or dc way of making a comic and there's nothing against those but that's not what inspired me as a kid when i found comics you know uh, alan moore books don't look like you know a an issue of invincible really they look so different in their own way you know when you look at a book like from hell and eddie campbell's work on there so you know it's it's almost confusing to a person when you first saw it, see it because it's not like clean and perfect it's ugly and it's harsh and that adds so much value to the story and that's kind of what i've been loving about all this yeah the the perfect imperfections the the yeah. like it's sort of the the grit of it all i think is yeah. always in that art yeah yeah i had seen recently that you had picked up a uh, a couple of issues of of big numbers that was the oh, yeah. the Al- the alan moore uh bill sinkavage um unfinished series that yeah. never got yeah that, that that's unfinished yeah. and i thought when i saw attila's art that that was a big influence. Um, but I, I guess there was a couple of other influences that you see more than the Sienkiewicz, but I, I, I still see the Sienkiewicz there. Me too. I mean, I do. It's all that though. It's, it's the, you know, I kind of, I've talked about this a little bit, but you know, I'm, I'd always heard about big numbers, but I hadn't experienced it. And um, you know, how do you get a copy of that? So I, I, I went on the internet and I found a bootleg copy of it and I read it online and I was blown away. And then I said, I need to see these in person. So I hunted eBay. I found a two pack of issues one and two and I got them and they're beautiful, stunning pieces of work. And then you look at that and you look at, like I said, department of truth, which is like this huge seller, but the art is just, you know, if my wife looks at, she's like, this is terrible. But I'm like, but it's not, it's, it's so much more, it's so much more handcrafted and beautiful and fits the story being told. And then like I was talking about Ron B's, um Blue and Green, it was the same thing as you're seeing these pieces and it, it kind of inspires you to be brave and not go the conventional route and not just like, well, it's easy to do this. It's easy to do that. I've always liked making those kind of like left turns you know, Burn Residue featured a horrifically burnt man on a dark quest for vengeance. And then Game of Doubles, I was selling a tennis comic that really people, I couldn't believe that people were so like butted up against it that it was a tennis comic. And then, you know, with this, it's like I could go so many conventional ways and I'd rather just go the hard way because something cool is coming out of it. And you're making your own stamp on comics too, right? Everybody knows now, like you've been around for a year, but once you get a brand, I'm not saying that that's the end goal, 
I mean, but it, it becomes that it becomes, yeah. you know, brand is such a, you know, it's, it's one of those, you know, push button words that people use, but it's like, it's your style. It's who yeah. you are and kind of like who you are as a personal artist, you know, your, your influences show, and then it shows where you take those influences and what you've learned from them. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I like that you you're someone that is, seems to be well-versed in like, you know, obviously in comics, but you're also well-versed in sort of fiction and um, and film and things like that. So you're pulling from all these different places to create these very unique comics that we don't, that I think is sort of what we, what every creator sort of brings to it is sort of like, you know, your, your unique view of the world through comics, basically. And yeah. that's, that's important. You know, it's, it's, I would rather people say like what the fuck did I just read after reading yeah. <laughs> what I've done rather than like just move on to the next book yeah you know yeah, exactly but move on to the next thing in my pile yeah, yeah not to I agree not to take it back to well we're going to take it back to Sinkevich but like I can read a regular issue of Daredevil and I really enjoy it but that's 12 minutes of my time maybe 20 minutes of my time i'm still trying to figure out what the hell happened in Electra assassin you know <laughs> exactly. however many however many years later like the things that really stick with you that you like you understand you get but you have to take a little bit longer time processing and they just sort of like hang in the back of your head and you're just like what was going on there like your comics have a lot of that going on. You know, I think it's also, you know, I was talking to my brother about it and someone that I always admired as a kid was Robert Rodriguez. You know, I may not always loved his films, but I always loved what he, like who he was. You know, he was a guy that just made his own movie for $7,000 and put himself in a position where he's like, I don't need you, Hollywood. I can do it on my own. And that scared them. And Drew, you know, it made him who he was and made him famous and gave him everything he wanted. But that guy only does what he wants to do. And over the past year, and more specifically in the past couple months, it became a situation where I was like, I can do these things. I don't have to wait on anyone. I feel confident enough that I make things different enough that it draws an eye to like the Kickstarter page so that they'll take a minute and look. And I think that, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding that it's been working so far. And I just hope that we can keep, keep going with this. You know, I have, I have two more graphic novels planned for the rest of the year. So I'm like, just, I just feel like full force move ahead. And it's just so fun. It's, you know, creating your own world. That's awesome. And if you ever get to the place like you are, like if you ever become a, a comic model of Robert Rodriguez, you can always go direct a couple episodes of The Mandalorian. Exactly. Whatever that is in comic form. Exactly. Well, I'll yeah. direct an episode of The Mandalorian. I'll take that. Yeah, you can take no, that too. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not waiting around for people because no. you, know, you guys know you send a pitch, you have to put together, you know, six pages, a cover, you have to pay out of pocket for all that. And, you know, that's a big deal to, you know, you want to treat an artist fairly and you want the right artist. So you're going to, you're going to 
you're going to stick some money out. And, you know, they just sit in an inbox. And the things that come out, yeah, a couple times a year, someone will come out of that kind of slush pile of emails. But really, you know, you have to fight your way to get noticed. And it's, you know, it was like the burn residue thing. I had a whole first issue when I was like, um, do I wait around three months to be rejected and then do nothing with this? Or do I just go forward and make what I want to make? Yeah, way to take an active role in your own life, right? Yeah, you know, exactly. In your own career. That's mm-hmm. just, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in everything having an audience once you put it out there. And that's yeah. all you... It's, but that's the thing. It sounds easy, but you have to put it out there. You have to find it. You you have to find it too. And, you know, like I said, burn residue was tough because I started with nothing. You know, I, I, I didn't know kind of the pros and cons of how to do, how to run a Kickstarter, how to do that. And I really just luckily made it to my goal by the skin of my teeth Mm -hmm. and lost more money than I collected. But it didn't matter because I was fulfilled in the end. Yeah. And that feeling was meant so much. And then, you know, when I went to Game of Doubles, I kind of I kind of knew how to do it better. I kind of knew how to build up better. And, you know, that one was still tough because, you know, I think people were weirded out by the tennis idea and they're going to feel like fools when people start getting their books and seeing how it's so much more than that. Um, And now, like with The Killer, I've built that audience and I think we're going to have a really good time when we launch. You know, we have a lot of people following the project more than I've ever had. Um, I think there's a lot of kind of little excitement brewing upon the people that are paying attention. And that's kind of awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I know from just what I witnessed, like, I, I feel like going from a sci-fi comic to a crime comic wasn't too surprising. I think for me, knowing you, yeah, yeah. but then going from a crime comic to a tennis based cocaine fueled, uh, crime comic, <laughs> crime comic. Yeah. Um, that was where I was like, okay. I mean, like, I was like, I like this guy already, but this is, this is exciting to see like, you know, that, that was sort of your memento of sorts, right. Where it's yeah. like, following was kind of a weird little indie film but memento sounds bonkers you know that's what game of doubles was it was pretty great yeah and you know there's also just a liberation to creating here you know when you're doing stuff like this to experiment you know uh, i had a really great time experimenting with burn residue you know each uh, it, it has a narration to it but if you pay attention as the story progresses, you actually catch up to where the narration is when the story is being told to us. And then it turns into a first person narration. Right. And I just loved that little switch that I kind of, I feel like I pulled off. Um, and then with game of doubles, it became so much about pacing and rhythm and how the pages looked. And I remember talking to Ryan and Ryan, you know, he was like, you know, at first I didn't get what you were trying to do. And then when he did the thumb and got to see the book, like step back and look at everything and how the pages looked side by side, he saw, and it's super exciting. It's super cool. It's just, it's a beautiful way to push yourself as a creator 
and not kind of just do the same kind of thing that you think will work. You know, I'd rather fail than do something easy. Yeah. And you're doing a great job at not failing and not doing things. So far. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The wave crashes eventually. Hey, you got to enjoy it while you're riding it. So the, uh, Let's let's go back to Tales of the Dead Astronaut, um, which should be in preview soon. Um, do I remember correctly? Is there going to be like a full page ad from SourcePoint uh, about this uh, in, in previews? From, from, yeah, from what I hear, that's what they say. I um, I'm always, uh, you know, I always feel like things aren't happening when they actually are. So I'll hold my breath, but, but we have some really, we have two really cool pull quotes that I managed to get, which mean a lot to me. They're from creators that I like grew up respecting and really respect. So that was super awesome. I hope that just brings more people into it. Um, The fun part is, is that my birthday is at the end of August. So this was the only time I could launch this campaign in my eyes, especially with how like daring and risky it felt. So I'm only doing a 27-day campaign to land on my birthday. Um, So I'll just guilt people in the end to to back (laughs) in if we don't get our goal. But an an exclusive listen and people exclusively listening to this will already be prepared to fend off against that guilt. August 27. Yes. You're oh, they're gonna they're not gonna back it now. Uh, Uh, But the wait. Yeah. But that should also be the same exact time that the previews comes out. Oh, true. true. So it's going to be, you know, I'm excited for that last week of August. I'm excited to see, you know, where everything goes from here. You know, I'm, I'm pumped to hustle and pumped to, you know, for me, comics is not about like making money. Oh, no. um, for me, it's like I have a nice, I have a really nice gig for my job, for my day job. And it doesn't prevent me from doing anything. It's the kind of job that I'm lucky enough to have where I work hard, but I also get to take my time still when I come home and create and not like, you know, completely ignore my wife, but still create and get my work done. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where all, everything goes because I would love to be just doing this. I'd be making way more than four to five books a year. Yeah. Yeah. So have you talked to your, have you talked to your shop owner already about the, uh, yeah. yeah, I actually, he, um, I go to all yeah comics in Harrison, New York, which is a hour drive from where I live, but I'm typically in that area. So it's not too crazy, but, um, you know, when I, this, the original version, he put him out there and we sold a couple copies there. So he's been, he's been real good to me. He's been real good to me. I'm excited about that. I'm excited to um, reach out to my my hometown comic shop that I grew up going to. You know, they were always always supportive of me. I was like their best customer because I would buy everything. You know, that came out every week, and it was like a small, tiny shop in a very small town. And uh, so I'm excited to tell them because they always said when I had a book come out that I that they wanted me to come to do a signing and now it's actually a reality. So I'm excited to reach out to them. And, uh, you know, I'm excited for the next kind of, you know, the, the rest of this year is going to be an interesting time for us. It's yeah, exciting. I agree. We're all excited. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, 
no, no doubt. I love talking to you guys. You guys are my favorite people to kind of reach out to when stuff like this is happening. I feel like I always want to be like the third guest of your show. So <laughs> keep well, that going. We'll have a, can we, can we use that as a poll quote? Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah. We're, you're one of our favorites too. Uh, that's, that's why you keep coming back on. Thanks. I would think, yeah, I didn't think I was annoying you at this point. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Yeah. You know, it's awesome. it's also fun to think about kind of, uh, you know, I'm still creating pitches. I'm still kind of like doing stuff on the side and seeing where that goes. But in the end, they just kind of become practice to work with different artists. You know, Rosano and I are putting together a pitch for a, for a five issue series. And, you know, but we feel no rush to get things done. You know, it doesn't, we don't feel like that same hurried pace that you feel like you have to have when you're trying to like, get eyes from people because I'm sitting back and I'm getting work done. I'm creating this cool stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So do you thinking where you were a year ago and where you are now, like, do you, do you feel pressure to step up in any way? Or do you feel like, um, like a bit of comfort of, of where you are. Cause I'll just speak for myself that like, I, uh, you know, I, I feel like I've achieved a little bit of success and now it's like, I need to take this next step. And I, I worry about that a little bit and I don't really sort of appreciate where I am. So like, how, how do you balance that of like being happy about what you've been able to do but also sort of keep yourself motivated to you sort of up your game you know get more eyes you know maybe get a bigger audience like how, how do you handle sort of like being happy but also keeping yourself motivated to to grow you know I feel a lot of the same ways that you say you know it, it's you're if you're doing the right stuff you never feel too comfortable and I had a lot of anxiety for a little bit because, you know, I still wasn't, I was creating my work, but I know that there is a much larger audience out there. And I felt like, you know, I'm limiting myself. I'm stuck in this kind of, yes, I can get this stuff created, but if a publisher isn't going to answer my email, you know, is it still worth it? But then I stopped like thinking like that because I just remembered the most important thing is to like be happy with what I'm doing to feel like I'm pushing myself as a creator and that you know I knew I had tales from the dead astronaut kind of around the corner I know that will open up new opportunities and you know it, it's like it's like in the movie business nobody takes you seriously that you're going to be a director until you direct something and it's kind of that same way in comics you know Nobody really is going to look twice until they know that someone else has taken a risk on you. So I'm, I'm really hopeful to what doors that will open. But I also know that everything I'm creating is becoming kind of like a backlog work uh, of work that there is no expiration date on. You know, I know that if I can build a name for myself, that publishers are going to be excited about the fact that I have many more books 
waiting to be printed that we could put back out there and get a wider audience for. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I'm kind of balancing it by uh, keeping a steady head about myself and knowing that there's no rush to this. The people that are noticing what I'm doing and liking what I'm doing, you know, they're going to follow me hopefully as they have been. And, you know, the, it's like my garage band days right now, but I'm still trying to get at, you know, the whiskey go-go. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And so like related to that, do you think that uh, the sort of the stick to that you have to like keep working and producing and, you know, project after project is attractive to, to publishers or possibly attractive? Cause you know, you could, motivate yourself one time to to make a comic and you know that's an accomplishment but to motivate yourself to sort of make the project and then to to keep going that shows like an extra level because there's 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 people who like comics and they dream about making comics and they might make one comic but you know you're you've shown yourself to be a guy who loves comics made a comic and is showing this ability to have this sort of machine of, you know, I'm going to be here and I'm going to be making comics. Do you think that that is, is helping you um, with, with publishers or possibly could I be think a it will. help? I yeah. mean, how could it not in the end? You know, uh, I, you know, a lot of people talk about like, you know, how many pages they've written for the year, like kind of like how much they've, sat down at the computer and done the work but you know in the past year I've written and produced I think of over 250 pages of comics and that right there just feels like such an accomplishment for myself that I'm really proud of but that has to show you know to people that I'm here to do the work yeah I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely guilty of uh publicizing the uh the amount of pages that i've uh, that i've written so I, I i'll i'll remain somewhat silent or plead the fifth there i was not talking about you <laughs> no no worries no it's important um, to do but it's I, I mean it in the way that like it feels so gratifying that i'm not just you know sitting there with the stuff you know coming from like when i write a screenplay a screenplay is tough because you can be a guy that writes, you know, 10 screenplays and nobody ever reads them or sees them. And making a film is so much harder and involves so many more things. But then when you make a comic, you just need like to click with that right artist who's going to do the right work and do the work, you know, on time or on a good, good enough schedule to be on time and just get it into people's hands. Yeah, I agree. It's so fun. I'm sure you guys feel it all the time when you see your Dino Thrashers books out there from people posting. Like that's, you know, the reward is like a four-step process. The first is seeing the pages from your artist. And then the next is getting the printed book in your hand. And then it's shipping those books. And then it's like seeing people post that they loved your book. And, you know, even if it's 10% of the people that backed your book posting, it feels like, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. This is what I was, this is what I wanted. Keep going, just keep going. Yeah, I, I agree, yeah. And um, I'm pretty sure Noah, he's, 
he's in agreement there. It's just, you know, we are a unique breed of of comic fans that that we love, you know, reading them, but we also we want to make them and we put a lot of hard work into it. And it's, you know, with a Kickstarter, it might be, you know, sort of like three months of prep, three months of, you know, production and then hopefully a month or two of of shipping a book out and it's sort of like in about half a year you sort of experience sort of the whole thing from from beginning to end and it's an idea to you know an envelope in somebody's uh mailbox or hopefully delivered safely by the the postal worker to their door without uh mangling it and you know that's kind of like i feel like an insane person too because you know, I only have like a month break in between Game of Doubles and The Killer. And, you know, my wife looked at me when I said I was going to do this. She's like, you're crazy. <laughs> but also like I learned, you know, this is for anybody out there who's thinking about doing a Kickstarter. Um, your first one will drive you crazy, like with the anxiety. But I knew when I did Game of Doubles, I was like, you know, it's going to succeed or fail. All I can do is get the word out there. There's no sense in obsessing. And once I stopped obsessing and just like treated myself as a small publisher, that's when things became easier. You know, that's when things became like, you know, you take a load of pressure off. You know, the killer is going to have our like the largest goal that I've tried to go for yet. But, you know, they find their way. You know, they, they find their audience. As long as you're out there letting people know it exists, you'll get there. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a uh, great uh, attitude to, to have. And uh, I wish you all the success during that, uh, that dead zone that you, you can keep that, that, that positive attitude that, exactly. uh, you, you really Because it is, it's that, you know, your pledges come in at the beginning and the end. And that middle stage is like three weeks long out of the four weeks. But, you know, things slowly come in and you'll get there. You know, it is funny because when you hit your goal, it's amazing how many more people decide to start backing then. You know, you it's so silly because it is. It's just like you've been watching this campaign this whole time and you just waited it for it to be successful to join in. If you were, if you joined in earlier, it would have been successful sooner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's a very odd psychology, but you know, it's fine, you know, but it's also a lot of, it's just the hustle work and it's just keeping your head about you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, um, I, I appreciate people like Matt who are really good at like promoting and things like that. And it's really good to have, uh, it's really good to have people who believe in the project to help you out. You know, um, like I, it was really cool to see how much Ryan was supporting you on, on game of doubles. Yeah. It was, like, it was, it was nice having um, a kind of a partner that understood it. Yeah. This time because Rosano didn't and to be fair, why would he? You know, the Kickstarter is not a huge Italian thing, mm-hmm. but, you know, Ryan had run a Kickstarter with Nomads. So he knew that he knew what it took and he knew how to kind of, you know, it kind of actually took some pressure off because it was two people promoting 
and flooding the inboxes of places. So you could kind of switch on and off and not always be the same guy doing the same thing. But you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's what it is. It's about always trying to find something different to promote, always having something new. You know, I was talking to a, a guy who's about to launch his first one. And I know that he's going to have, you know, an emotionally hard time because that first one is emotionally hard. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like yeah. knowing that you just got to like just share different things, get people excited. Hopefully that excitement tr- translates to other people who then get excited and then they're promoting it too. You know, that's nice too when you see other people sharing your work because they want it to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. I agree. It's the uh, one of the the great things about indie comics or, you know, the Kickstarter community is the 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 willingness to to help out people that you you know um, produce great work produce work that you're interested in and and also deliver on that work um so it's it's great to have a, a you know to build an audience but it's also wonderful to have folks you know that are sort of in that making comics community that are there to to sort of help share and 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 build upon the the you know the audience that you might possibly get exactly it's you know it's kind of using all those different tools and finding different ways to get people excited. And then like, you know, like I was saying, once you get someone really excited, they're sharing it more than you are sometimes. Very true. Awesome. So, you know, I think we touched a lot on a lot of the projects. Um, I'm going to check in with Noah to see if he has any final questions or thoughts before we, before we turn it over to you, Jonathan, for, you know, final thoughts. Uh, Noah, anything, anything from you? Just, uh, it's always a pleasure talking with you, Jonathan. I uh, never get tired of it. Wish it was, wish we could do it weekly. Wish we could do it daily. <laughs> Twice daily. But we're going to have to start our own, like, the three of us are going to have to start our own branch of this podcast sooner than later, you know? For sure. Oh, I dig sure. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, before I turned it over to you for the uh, the pitches, did you did you check in with uh, with Marvel on that, uh, that new X-Men one where they had the... Uh, they had the dead astronaut with the, the skeleton face I that had the, 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 the stuff growing out of it. I saw that. I should, I should let them, I should give them a cease and desist. <laughs> I, I like yeah. I mean, the color, the color, the color scheme and everything was uh, pulled no, straight I'm from. I'm going to take that one back out. I feel like they owe, they owe me a little promotion now at this point. <laughs> I think that's only fair. I'm actually pulling it out right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look a little closer. No, that shot right out to me. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, yeah. Somebody, did, did, did Pepe Larraz get a uh, cover did, or a copy uh, of uh, Tales of the Dead Astronaut? Some people have. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Awesome. And I'm, I'm going to prepare my, I'm going to get my lawyer to write up a document about <laughs> myself. We can, we can be witnesses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, character yeah. character witnesses. We character we knew witnesses. we knew it about a year before before yeah. that before that Marvel put it out. Yeah, it's always the it's Disney always stealing from the little guy. Yeah, it's Mickey Mouse yeah. squashing the little man with his yellow shoes. It might be nice if that character actually makes a bigger appearance come November. Then I can cross promote in different ways. Yeah. So you like yeah. this? You came here first. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> cool, cool. So, uh, you know, what properties do you want to pitch here? I I'm feeling maybe Tales of the Dead Astronaut and the Killer are the, the two most yeah. important ones that you want to say, talk about. I would say watch out for Tales from the Dead Astronaut coming from Source Point. It's a, um, you know, it's a really wacky anthology book featuring a dead astronaut floating through space, a shape-shifting rock star giving the weirdest press conference you'll ever see, a psychopathic Iron Man living in his own suit and taking out his board of directors to establish his own style, and a, uh, a tree floating through space populated by monks that live and grow and die there <laughs> looking for a home. So it's quite out there. Uh, if, if you're into manga, uh, George's style is very close to that kind of feel. I think you'd, you'd find a home there. It's not traditional. It's very out there. It's kind of what I loved about his work in the first place. And that should be in previews for the September coming out November. Um, if, you're, if you're at New York Comic Con, I will be there one of the days with the Source Point crew. And I have about 70 original versions of like the digest size tales from the dead astronaut one that i'll be selling so collector's item indeed and those then are going to be the uh, yeah those are going to be the more valuable ones right exactly exactly because you know if if i hit big this is the that's the real beginning you know i'll be jealous if i don't save some to sell on ebay <laughs> um and then the killer you know i, I think well this will come out on sunday which is the launch day August 1st um, listen to this back it right away because I'm only printing 250 copies of this book and that's it uh, so I so there's going to be a limited edition kind of hardcover for this and it's going to be one you don't want to miss out on yeah and do you want to tell us a little bit about the the story of the killer as well or sure. yeah I should I should do that too right the killer is about a serial killer who works for the Yakuza and he does it to, you know, kind of gets his kicks off. He is a maniac who likes to steal the hearts of his victims and eat it. And he is set to take down the head of a security firm that is about to put cameras everywhere in the world. And when he goes to this house overlooking the beach, he finds a man who's very destitute who is mourning the loss of his wife 20 years earlier and kind of the vicious game that they play as the night goes on. Very cool. It's, it sounds awesome. And uh, I'm very excited uh, for, for the launch of this book. So we're going to have, um, we're going to have a link to uh, the Kickstarter page um, in the show notes, uh, but also your website would that be a good place for folks to go to to keep up to uh, up to date with you? Honestly, the best place to go is my Instagram because I'm okay. posting stuff every day. Uh, it's Space Station Z Z E D on Instagram, and it's it's the best place. It's you know Twitter things get lost in the muck. Um, you don't get the same kind of feel, and Instagram I just find is the best place for comics and showing stuff off. You know, I'm going to be showing a lot more process stuff from Attila as he does pages, which are really cool to see, you know, really cool to see an artist at work. Um, so you'll see how this book comes together. And it's like, if you're a fan of books like Department of Truth, or like I said, Blue and Green, or, um, 
you know, Sienkiewicz's work, what Liam Sharp is doing on Batman Reptilian. These are all things that, you know, that's the direction that this book is going to look. Very cool. Well, we're going to have links to the the Kickstarter and your IG uh, in the show notes when this launches uh, to make it as easy as possible for folks to just sort of scroll down, click yeah. that link and go right to the to the Kickstarter. Um, well, if there was ever a doubt of who our most frequent guest is, it, it's no longer a, a, a doubt, Jonathan. It's, it's, it's true, you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is what, number five? I think because yeah, I, so. I, I think you, so. You do Tales from the Dead Astronaut, you do uh, Burn Residue, and then we've done two Raw Shacks together. So and we the- did uh, we actually we actually and we did the uh, the 100 bullets uh, Burn Residue sort of State of the wow. Union. Yeah, six. That might it might be six. I think yeah. I think this I think this is I think this is six. Yeah. Crazy. That's fun. You're a part nice. of the six timers club. I yeah, I leaped past it. Yeah, yeah, and then you're, I'll have to do. I'll have to at least do this again when we hit previews, or or do a kind of uh, kind of uh, burn out when this campaign ends. At least, yeah, yeah, for for sure, for sure. Yeah. All and right. Then, well, yeah. Well, I'll just say the and then the next thing will be the kill. The plan for the killer is that it will be released the week of Halloween. I think it's the perfect Ooh. time for a horror book nice. like this to get in your hand. Yeah. So the, the campaign will run in August. September will finish up production and then the book will be out at that, you know, Halloween for a nice very, frightful read. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. If you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on Twitter at Construct Compod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod and Facebook is Constructing Comics. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Please be safe, be nice, and go out there and make some comics. Thank you.